Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Batter up. Ahoy, Mets fans. Welcome to a combination, a pot of their own Amazing Avenue audio, the show episode. Uh, I am Brian. With me this week are Maggie and Linda. And uh, we're doing this because our fearless leader of a pot of their own, Allison, is on the IL. She had a knee surgery today. So everyone, please wish Allison a quick recovery. And my co-host, Chris McShane, is on a plane right now headed to Seattle. So we thought it would make sense to combine the shows this week. So, uh, Linda, Maggie, how are you folks doing? All right. How about you? Oh, life is but a dream. (laughs) Uh, well soon allison we miss you yes we miss you allison yes she was a a rock star this weekend in her knee brace and so i'm glad that she's on the road to recovery as as frustrating as that road may be she is on the road so that's the important part and thanks to all of y'all who wished her good wishes on twitter today um that you know really really hit the spot for her so yeah and send any more love her way that you want yes keep it coming so on Saturday, uh, a pot of their own on Amazing Avenue did our fourth annual Dollars for Dingers fundraiser. It, yeah, uh, we did. Dollars for event. We we have the fundraiser is ongoing, but the event happened on Saturday at the Ebbs Brewery at City Field. And uh, Maggie and Linda talked to us about how great Dollars for Dingers went. I mean, we had some pretty high expectations coming in. I, like it, it felt really good, and also we blew those expectations out of the water, which is a pretty good feeling. 
And also thank you to EBS and the EBS staff too. They were all incredible for mm -hmm. hosting and for giving everybody a percentage off of their food and beverages. I think that was a nice little incentive to get people to, to come in. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody who donated prizes, like Brian even mentioned this, how do we top ourselves? Because everybody who donated was amazing. We had incredible, incredible prizes. They were so um, good. Yeah, I, I went in on a, all in on a few and I did get the Jake bobblehead. So I was very excited. About was that the one, that. The, the countdown one? Or the yeah. not countdown, count up. <laughs> yeah, the count up. <laughs> that one was very cool. I did put in a little bit on that. Um, I got yeah, what I great. wanted too, though. I got them. I got one of the Meredith hats. Yeah, those were very nice. You were a very good model for those too. Thank you. Yes, and, and I got my daughter the Mrs. Met as Wonder Woman bobblehead, which is sitting next to her bed right now. Like as, oh. as close as close as something can be it. to her bed without being in her bed. And that so that was donated from our family. I, oh, there you I go. I got a double of it, and I am very happy that that it went to well, thank a you. loving home. Yes, uh, Amelia loves it. And I also got the awesome Put It in the Books t-shirt, uh, the first of its kind. So, uh, yeah, it, it was just fantastic. We raised over $2,000 on Saturday. Really and, incredible. Yes. And I have to say, too, like, you know, I expect the people to come out to our events to be cool. But the folks were just amazing. They came out. Yeah, so good. Yeah, it was so every every part of it was fun. I just like it. And it was and and it raised so much money and for such a good cause. And people were so enthusiastic about it. People were so kind and like, you know, wanting to to help out this really good cause. And and then it was a good game, too, which like between you and me has not always been the case. At, Correct. At <laughs> dollars for dingers. Um, but like our streak has been broken. Yes. It was I mean, it, it was like a two game streak, but still. <laughs> True. <laughs> it was nice to nice to get rid of those those vibes. Absolutely. I did, see, I did see the woman who won the seven line bag. Like I was walking into the team store and she was standing outside of it. So I just saw her holding the bag. And I was like, oh, hey, that's a nice bag you got there. And she goes, oh, I know. I love it. So uh, the seven line took good care of us. I mean, yeah. so many people did. Athlete logos donated a neon sign that was so that was beautiful. It, like broke my heart to take out of my home, like yeah. among the hardest things I've ever had to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was, yeah, it was really great. And what's awesome too, is that we are still putting up really good numbers on the pledge drive, which is going to be going on for the whole rest of the month. Um, so folks who are not in the area, weren't able to participate. Um, you can anytime before now at the end of the month or any time at all, but this is when we'll count it and do all of your math for you. Yes, that's a, that's a good way to, to incentivize it. We'll do the math for you. Math so you don't have to. Um, yes. Yeah, and again, just thank you to everybody who came out, who donated something. Thanks to the EBS staff. I mean, everything went as smoothly as humanly possible. Yeah. And so thank you, everybody involved, to, um, to make it possible. And I had a few folks say to me things like, we should do one of these in the off-season. And all I can say to that is just wait and see. We'll we'll figure something out for the off season. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely should. Yeah, you know, to get us through the winter doldrums. Yeah. I have some ideas. We'll 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 talk later. Um, but yeah, so that was the weekend. Uh, but also this weekend, 
was the Mets taking four of four from the Pittsburgh Pirates. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be news, right? The Mets are a good team. <laughs> the Pirates are not such a good team. And yet here we are. Yes. Uh, after getting swept by the Cubs, after dropping very winnable games to Pittsburgh and Washington just a few weeks ago, the Mets looked like the team they were supposed to look like and took all those games. Um, yeah, there were a couple of things that stood out to me about that series, but I want to hear from you folks. Linda, what did you think was sort of one of the more encouraging signs from the series? Definitely the pitching staff. Well, I mean, Carrasco didn't do too good today. Um, but He's still going. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, Carrasco, Bassett, um, Walker, and who pitched the fourth game? DeGrom. Oh, yeah, duh. Um <laughs> <laughs> and the offense still could have used a little help like in that series because it was the Pirates and they stranded a ton of runners on base. Um, but, you know, since they had been struggling against the Cubs, the pitching staff kept them in it just enough for them to win. And, to, you know, they got swept and then followed it up with a sweep. So that's kind of also been a good theme for this team all year is to be resilient like that. Like even after you completely embarrass yourself against one of the worst teams in the league, um, they found a way to win and, you know, it wasn't pretty against the pirates, but they, they did it. So having Carras and Carrasco looked amazing. Like, I think he had 10 strikeouts. They were, they all did. They all took advantage of a very light hitting team, which was encouraging. So, you know, it could have gone better, but they found a way to win. But it could have gone worse. Yes. yes. <laughs> Maggie, what did you take from the weekend from the weekend series? I mean, I would say, like on the flip side, there were some promising um, offensive performances that you know were were long overdue. It seemed like now this is I'm going entirely on vibes because it's been a week and I have not been looking at any actual news or information on this but my vibes were that Vogelbach had a pretty good bounce back series um and that also like 10 13 times or something yeah and then Tomas Nito also was um was making stuff happen which is really nice to see um so yeah so I and I and I felt like they finally they had a, a good solid handful of games that they won handily which is nice to get some you know easy win not easy wins but you know what i mean to not be like scraping out every single run to be able to put together some biggish innings um even if one of those big innings ruined my children's long-awaited narco dreams Ugh. but um but yeah so it's just good to see like them tacking runs on and you know keeping keeping that that line moving and and not giving away so many outs that kind of thing it was you could see good habits coming together. Well, and it was also nice that they also had like some unsung heroes, like you said, like Tomas Nito had a had a big series, and then Terrence Gore. Way to like get things started. I know again, it ruined your no, it's okay. dreams, but <laughs> but you know, you know that was totally especially after you know Jake made the mistake and like it got really kind of annoying. Um, but they again, you put in, you get. I think Tomas Nito got the hit, and then Terrence Dugard does what he does best, and then that jump started a rally. So it, you know, that kind of that series proved you do kind of need 
all 25 guys to win and not just like Pete mashing dingers. But with Pete, if he wants to mash dingers, that's totally <laughs> fine. But... <laughs> yes, dingers, dingers, please send some dingers our way. That was maybe one like downside to the series is that yeah. they scored a lot of runs without hitting any dingers. And we would like dingers because they get us dollars. Well, so there was a dinner on Saturday. Having a nice balanced. Yes, they did hit. And they, they, I mean, they hit a couple, but like, I'm sorry, a seven run game with no dingers on yeah. dollars for dingers month. It just feels rude, <laughs> but I'll forgive <laughs> them because Understood. they keep winning as I finally did eventually manage to explain to my children. And yeah. Escobar continues to be our dollars for dinger hero. Yes, love Escobar. Love what he is doing. A plus. And he's been with us in the ballpark, which was nice. Yes. It feels like he has been a guy who has been a few times throughout the season on the verge of breaking out. And then as soon as you think, oh, this is the corner he's turning, he has fallen back behind. And so it's nice to see that now he is on a streak where he is firmly in a zone of some sort and is able to keep that going. So Good, good, good for our boy Escobar. We we needed a hero this this season, I mean, this dollars for dinger season rather, and he is certainly uh, the guy. They are also showing on the broadcast right now. Apparently, he is afraid of cats, according to the board at, yes, uh, yes, at Miller yeah. Park. Well, all right then. I will have to forgive him for that. I said he's like kind of like Curtis Granderson. Like you just want to root for him because he's so such a nice guy. Yes. But like. And didn't like Curtis also think that the moon landing was faked? So maybe that's oh. kind of his equivalent of being afraid of cats. Well, I, I don't think you can judge somebody for a fear as much as you can for believing a conspiracy <laughs> theory. I mean, those well, things like, are a little bit a different. <laughs> irrational fears are, unra- are, are irrational fears, though. Come on, Fair. folks. Fair. Come on. I'm going to say, like, look, he's a 10, but... Okay, sure, <laughs> sure, fair enough. Like, if I show him a picture of my cats, what would his reaction be? I, mean, I might I, judge him if he, like, gets upset. I mean, I, I mean, won't do it. Like, I'll respect him, for, you know, his his preference. But, like, maybe if after we've gotten to know each other a little bit, I'll ask him to rethink. Yeah. You need to slowly incorporate cats into his life. Just, you know, just at, at first, just, you know, through the window. Cat and exposure then it, therapy. Yeah, just 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 you know limited <laughs> exposure until he is he is more comfortable with everything. So yeah, he definitely couldn't meet mine. Then my two are nuts. We can <laughs> save it for the off season, though. I would like him to be very like chill and balanced and feeling good about himself right now. Yes, there there is no reason to get him worked up right now. Let him just keep hitting the ball. Something you want like the Braves to know? Like, what if they release a stray cat on the field? They would. They would. They absolutely would. Yeah, I don't put that past the Braves. You're right about that. Yeah, like what another black cat incident? I mean, I don't know. I feel like the Mets have good enough vibes that that would only help. That it would become like their new like bestie. They would, you know, he they'd bring him out on the field every game to like I don't know whatever. They'll come up with something. He he will like ride Timmy Trumpet like a backpack, and uh, as Timmy Trumpet plays. (laughs) narco and yes. everything will be fine <laughs> yes that's the thing <laughs> well who was the one that adopted the kitten in spring training and named him metro oh yeah and then was cut right wasn't that wasn't that uh 
Oh no! Don't that is that. a very that is a very Metzian. Um, he named a Metro like after the Mets, and they got him. Hang on, I'm looking this up. Adopted cat. It's a good cat name. It is. I mean, just objectively, like it works. It does. Just because it's very cute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh Walker, Mets prospect. Josh Walker. I'm sorry. Who? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he is still in the Mets system. That's okay, good to him and his cat. Yes. yes. We hope Metro is doing well. <laughs> yes. Let's see. Uh, his. Uh, oh boy. Okay. He. He's, oh no. He, uh, his his ERA in Syracuse over eight games is is over eight. Um, <laughs> yeah, he has a two point zero zero WHIP. Uh, oh no, that's a lot of base runners. It is, no. but you know, maybe maybe he'll he'll settle down. Maybe but, he's know. working on some pitches. Maybe, let, let, maybe let's... he's distracted by his cat. Yes. As someone well, like I was saying before to... we started recording, I have not been getting much sleep because of my cat. So maybe he's having the same issue. Man, hashtag relatable. I will say a <laughs> uh, tip of the hat to uh, Anthony Decomo, who wrote the article about this for MLB.com with the title Meow the Mets. <laughs> so that's why right. I get them the big bucks. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, and last night the Mets clinched a playoff berth for the first time in six Woo! years. Yay! We love it. Yay! It was it was I would very want fun. To say more seven years because I don't count twenty sixteen. <laughs> well, well, here's the only thing: if we don't count twenty sixteen, then we also can't really count this yet. So not true, I guess. Yeah, I think they both count. I don't it's get the like. Team. Don't let no, yourself. No, because this have would be fun. more than one game, though. It would be yes, yes. okay. That's fair. If that's the distinction we want to make, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And it would have been more if Syndergaard had pitched against literally anyone else on the planet that day. Any other yep. human being in the whole wide world. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it, it was a relatively subdued, um, you know, a per- just celebration after the game, which is good. You know, this is not Except you know, for one golden <laughs> retriever of a human. <laughs> I wonder who you're talking about. <laughs> just saying someone yeah. was double fisting champagne glasses i'm not naming names <laughs> uh to me the biggest shock of the whole thing was pete drinking a line and kugel shandy the whole time <laughs> pete, pete does not seem like a shandy guy to me i don't no. know how could anybody not be a shandy guy they're so he, nice i mean I, i'm not hating on a shandy do not get me wrong this is no, not about sure. me being anti-shandy he just seems like a bud light kind of guy <laughs> Right, like a butter Coors Light type of dude. Yeah, but he also seems like a guy who knows a good thing when he sees one. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. I mean, Vogelback was drinking uh, the champagne of beers, Miller High Life, which again is incredibly <laughs> on brand for both the celebration and for Vogelback. So was that, that like the only one available at Miller Park? Well, I I believe Line and Kugel is also owned by Miller Coors. Oh, there you go. Well, it's not Miller Coors. No. It's it's Miller something else. Whatever it is, well, I believe they're also a Miller just, subsidiary. Was it just me, or what was the, there was a tiny part of my soul that died that Aaron Loop was not there to enjoy some bush lights? Oh, yeah, well, the only thing missing. It was. I was like, oh, Aaron Loop would have enjoyed this. <laughs> that was really he's not getting that in Anaheim. No, he's not. That's one of those offseason moves that would have cost them so little that would have made so much sense. Mm-hmm. How's, how's Aaron Lupin doing? I mean, I, I can't imagine he is what he was last year, which is insane. But like, 
I have not been keeping up on my Aaron Loop news. How is how is he looking out there? Uh, let me tell you right now. He's okay. He's looking. Let's see. He currently has probably better than Joely Rodriguez. I was gonna say the bar is. Yeah, I mean he has a floor. He has a 102 ERA plus, so he's about league average. Um, has a negative one B WAR at the moment. Uh, let's see, ERA around a little under four. Um, looks like he's he's walking more folks this year. He's he already has more walks this season than he had last season. I uh, mean, and, ultimately, and less strikeouts too. So it's kind of a wash, I guess, but. Still, that just shows you how low the bar is, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I I would just feel more confident with Loop than I would with Rodriguez. Yes. Uh, To be fair, though, on that note, David Peterson made his first relief outing for in in a while for the Mets out of the bullpen and looked quite good on Saturday. Yeah, he did. He wasn't nibbling. He was actually attacking batters. Yeah. I think that if he can do that, I would feel very comfortable with him in that role, but I just don't. There needs to be more before I feel that way. Obviously, one appearance yeah. is not nearly enough. No, no, because that's his problem. Is when he starts, if you want somebody coming out of the bullpen who to start walking people and putting guys on base. Yeah, and he just has to. He just has to adapt how he approaches, um, how he approaches pitching, and I think he he did seem to be doing that. He seemed more focused. Which is great. That's what yes, we need to remember right like. now. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Um, as we were recording this episode, the Mets are down 3 nothing to the Brewers in womp womp. Milwaukee. Uh, the Brewers are pitching a bullpen game, it appears, which means the Mets should be teeing off on them. But that thus far is not the case. Carlos Carrasco is up over 80 pitches in the bottom of the fourth inning, but he has settled down a little bit. Three runs is not insurmountable, so hopefully they can come back because the Braves are also winning. And this Mm -hmm. is the weekly part of both shows where we say, can the Braves fucking lose, please? Just lose a game. For God's sakes, man. Braves lose one game challenge. 
Jeez, man. How? How does this? Well, then they said, like, I guess Ronnie was talking to one of their guys, and they're like, well, how come the Mets never lose? So he's like, so you get both sides. They 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 think the same thing about us, but still, it's still really annoying. They made up so much ground, though. We, it's not like we still have a ten game lead and we don't we don't lose. We yeah. lost a ten game lead, and we, you know, and we got swept by the fucking Cubs last week. So yeah. that's the most annoying part, I think. Extremely Especially because the Braves were playing like shit on the West Coast, and we could have made up some ground. And they lost two out of three to the Nationals too. Yep. The Mets did anyway. The Braves certainly aren't. Nope. Yeah, and that's you know, it's it's frustrating because I don't think it's actually been as much of a habit of theirs this season than you would think it based on how a lot of people are talking about it. But it's just the worst possible time to do that. And I also yes. don't really appreciate them losing today because that is going to give credence to the whole idea of they shouldn't be celebrating or whatever. And that annoys me. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld's going to have a soapbox again about this. Yeah. I got in trouble last time I shit on Jerry Seinfeld in the podcast. I will refrain from doing that tonight. I but... disagree <laughs> with him as a person. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I might have mentioned the age of his wife when they started dating the last time yeah. we spoke about it, but you know, oh, don't be a creep. I don't have to tell you. Date adults, dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you know, every week I sort of ask Chris for his his temperature on the Mets' success right now, and you know, Chris is an eternal optimist when it comes to the Mets, and he feels like he is, you know, pretty confident they are still the front runners in the division race, and they're going to win the division and get the buy and all of that. How are you folks feeling about this? Do you think that the Mets are still in the better position or do you feel like they're dangling on a dangerous precipice of just being the wild card team? I you think, should... uh, go ahead. No, I can't. Um, like leading up to this, I was like dead set on them winning the division or buzzed. And because it would feel like a failure at that point. But now they clinched yesterday. I kind of really don't care because they're in and all the other teams are really bad except for the Dodgers. <laughs> um, so I don't know if it really matters at this point because it's not the one game got wild card. Jake and Scherzer, Scherzer looked incredible yesterday. Yeah. Coming off yeah, the Both IL. of them are uh, hitting, hitting stride at a scary time yeah. for anybody yeah. else. So do you really want to face those two in a short series where both of them could pitch probably four out of the five games if necessary, like like um, Cranky and Kershaw did in 2015? Well, there are less off days now, so it might yeah. be yeah. you might only oh. get the pitching three of the five instead of four of the five. But, four of the five. But well, still. You still Bassett, who's been he he was much better than whoever the Dodgers number three was then, and mm -hmm. he's been looking really good. Um, Walker, Walker and Carrasco are probably still hit or miss, but on their hits, they're really good. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it matters anymore, or if this is just me still on the high of whoa, we're in the playoffs, <laughs> and I I have my rose colored glasses on right now but usually I'm the, I'm the pessimist and right now I'm not which is kind of weird for me I mean I feel uh, like um, 
I, when it comes to like, do I feel like the Mets are going to win the division or not? I would say, I feel like whoever is in first place is the most likely, like they're so closely matched that if you're in first place, you have that slight edge. So as long as the Mets are technically in first place, that is, uh, they're the ones I expect to win the division. Um, I kind of really do want them to win the, to, I really do want them to win the division. Cause I really do think that that, that that buy is, is valuable, but you know, I also think that this is really awesome and we should enjoy it. So, you know, I, um, well, I would really prefer them to win this game and not make it look like they were, um, not being serious enough about what they needed to be serious about. You know, I, I'm glad that they are enjoying themselves and, and all that good stuff. And I, I think they have, I think they have the goods to pull it out. It's it's going to be so stinking close. Um, that yeah, but I don't. I do love. I mean, look, Max and Jake in any series, let alone a short one, is going to be pretty um, pretty fierce. So they both seem to be hitting their stride for better or worse. They have not put up lots of innings this year, so it's not like you're getting into them. You know when they're already kind of starting to run out of gas. Um, and on the same note, I think as frustrating as it's been on a personal level for um, Edwin Diaz to not be getting into so many games recently, that's another arm that I am perfectly happy to have relatively fresh for the postseason. Yes. And yeah, I mean, if they, if, if they don't win the division, I, I think they have the goods to keep going, but man, I want that buy. Give me that buy. Yeah. The buy is really well, nice. I don't know because I don't know if I'm just biased because of the giant Super Bowl run where they just they didn't get the buy and then just like completely ran rough like went right through and then beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, which was and they were never given a chance in any of their rounds. Um, but also something that's always stuck with me too is the 2000 World Series. Um, and seeing, you know, I went to Piazza and the Griffey's induction ceremony. And then on, I think on that Sunday, they had a conversation with the two of them at Double Bay Fuel that we went to. And um, Peter Gammons was the interviewer and he asked Piazza about that season. And Piazza said they weren't the best team that year, but when it got to the playoffs, they were playing their best baseball. And then they had that layoff because the Yankees took forever to clinch. And he felt like that kind of killed them. So, yeah, I think that's something that the losing teams always say. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't say- know, but it did seem because they were playing so well up to that point. Like they completely tore through the Cardinals. And I, mean, I just I feel like know, it's like- so much of a crapshoot. That if, but if, if you're players talking about like momentum, flipping a, a coin, prophecy at that point, though. you want it to be fewer coin flips if possible. Well, my, <laughs> my other point is that, first of all, I think you can say the same thing about the 2015 World Series because the Mets swept the Cubs and then had to wait around for the World Series. That's true, too. See, um, but... this is more anecdotal <laughs> evidence. I believe in this. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I will say. I will say that this Mets team is built around two veteran starting pitchers who mm-hmm. extra rest does no harm to yeah, and wow. who will not be phased by the layoff the way that, you know, when you think about that Mets 2015 World Series team, that was a young starting pitching staff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and I, I'm not surprised that those guys 
were a little bit more rattled by this. This is not either their first times to a World Series or to, to a playoff to the playoffs rather. And uh, I just feel like this starting pitching staff can be handled a little bit better that way. And I think that the on the position player side, the layoff doesn't matter quite as much. They can stay fresh in a different way than starting pitchers can. Yeah. And I would also give um, some credit to kind of the Buck Showalter effect, because I think this is the kind of thing that he is very good at handling, which is kind of knowing what people need to do their best, like knowing when they've got it, knowing when they don't like that sort of, he seems pretty well in tune with his guys most of the time. Agreed. Um, And so of all the people I would trust to sort of, um, you know, just, just monitor that transition. I think he's, he's a good one. He's got, and he's got postseason experience too. He does. My he has... concern is Pete because he gets so amped up and so emotional that Pete's either be going to become a monster in the playoffs or completely disappear. I don't think there's an in-between for him. I think Buck Showalter has a Pete Alonzo calm down area already set up <laughs> with like a squishy, with like a squishy bathrobe and an LFGM stuffy and like very calm blue and orange lights. Like I think maybe like a little polar bear in there. We are ready. We are ready for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that's my one concern is Pete. <laughs> no, I definitely understand that. I, I definitely understand that one. Uh but I, I think that my biggest concern about the short series is just that if you're in that situation and they're lo- they lose game one, let's say. It's such a short series that you may have to throw all of your, throw everything at those last two games to win them, and then your rotation's out of whack for the division series. Whereas yeah. if they get the bye, they can just set up the pitching staff the way they want to. Everybody's rested, everybody's fresh. I feel better about that, despite the anecdotal evidence we spoke about before. But again, we will see. Well, it should uh, be our biggest problem. Yes, either exactly. of these should be, should be our biggest problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me just rant for one second here. I'm just looking at my screen and I'm seeing this. Can we stop with the odds in the middle of a game? Oh, I am I so tired of so sports much. betting stuff on my television. And, and like, I mean, during the game is re- and like, yeah, during the game sucks. But also what I'm really sick of, too, is the entire pregame. It's like a short interview and eight segments about gambling mm-hmm. and it's not like the pregame shows have ever been the best but like this is on another level man the Mets are just not having good luck tonight Trevor Williams came in his first pitch was hit for a double oh, I well. mean it's not the best pitch game right now but this offense is really uh, I gotta step it up yeah, no, yeah. one hit against the Brewers' bullpen um, in five innings is not enough hits. Nope. Come on, Mets, turn it on. They I did hit a couple to the wall. More. Yes. Yeah, including James McCann. Hit one to the wall, and Canna hit one to the wall, but that's still not not getting it done. McCann did too, believe it or not. Oppo. Really? Yes. Well. Yeah. color me shot. <laughs> well it didn't do anything so it's not that it doesn't yeah. matter you know he he could have hit it uh you know any place in the ballpark it got caught it doesn't matter so yeah but yeah <laughs> um 
But speaking of people uh, sort of uh, you know chasing down not a postseason berth but milestones, we have two really fun uh, watches going on right now. The first is Albert Pujols's uh, march to 700 home runs, and the other is Aaron Judge having maybe the best season in American League history offensively, or at least the best season in the last 60 years offensively. Um, it's just it's pretty incredible what both of these guys are doing. Pujols is such an institution for folks that are approximately our age who have been, you know, following baseball their whole lives. He's been just one of the more consistent players. And everyone says how great he is. But I think sometimes players that are that great for that long get you, you they get overlooked a little bit in the conversation just because you just count on them to be what they've always been. But 700 home runs is a huge deal. And he would be, I mean, I can't think of a better guy to be an ambassador for baseball slash hit 700 bombs than Albert Pujols. So let's start with there. Uh, do you folks think he gets there? Well, it's kind of funny that he was in the home run derby and everybody thought it was like this pity home run derby. And ever since then, he kind of just went off. Like he went off in the home run derby. And then just ran with it. So I absolutely, but he's only how many? I think he's only like, what, three away? I believe so, yes. I'm checking right now the up-to-date stats. I'm pretty sure he's only like three away. So I, yeah, I think he absolutely gets it done. He's at 698 right now. Yeah, okay, he's got so it. Yeah, so he's got it. And then it's also probably good for Cardinals fans that he's doing it back where it all started, too. Yes. Yeah, I think that's nice for for everyone involved. I would think that there's enough goodwill for him that if it's getting tight towards the end and they're playing some meaningless games, some pitcher might just groove him a curveball and let him smack it out. He's very cheater. Yeah. Well, I'm like, look, I don't want anyone to drug test him for the next two (laughs) years solid. Don't no one. I don't want to hear it happening. Whatever is going on. Let it go on. If I mean, maybe nothing is going on, but I'm just saying we don't need to find out. Let the man have whatever he has. Yes, but nobody could grow like grow David Wright a fastball. Well, that's I mean that is correct. And when you think about it, one of the one of the greatest all time groovings is when Pedro grooved the uh, breaking ball to Piazza on his first game back at Chase Stadium. Yeah. yeah um, true. You know, that's just a respect thing that Piazza did, that, that Pedro did for Piazza, rather. You know, couldn't someone have done that in that last series for Wright? It would have been nice. Yeah. yeah. Or the, I, I forget that. Peter O'Brien, is that the name you're trying that's to That's the name, yes. Yeah, Peter O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah. That motherfucker, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't drop the ball. But at least Dave had a good, like, it kind of, in a way, it's kind of nice because his first ever at bat was a foul out to first, and his last ever at bat was the foul out to first, I think. So it kind, yeah. of, kind of came full circle. Yeah, but imagine if his last kind ever of. at bat was a home run. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to comfort myself here. <laughs> that would have also made that game not last 4,000 hours. Oh, my oh God, my that was God. the longest game. I think it went what fourteen innings. That I don't know. Right. That was that was my wedding anniversary, and I I convinced Aaron to go to the game. Oof. But as soon as Wright was out, and it was a bad game, I was like, well, let's go get some dessert someplace. Like, and so we left a little early because I That's couldn't make bad. her sit through all those innings. No. 
just to well, hear him I'll- give a, a a blase speech on the field after the game. It was pretty. Yeah, bland. just basically telling the fans like, "Hey, you're great. I love you." Yeah. <laughs> but what happened was I got stuck in traffic, so I missed the first three innings. So I ended up just getting like a nine inning game out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't so bad for me. <laughs> Yeah, I, there, there's a picture that we took of us with with Wright playing in the background. So that's a cool oh, that's picture. Nice. Like, you know, it's, it's a nice, nice yeah, memory. That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, for me, like, I missed so much. You know, by the time I got to my seat, it was I saw his second at bat. Um, so I think it was like the third inning when we got to our seats. So when he left, it just felt too soon for me because it was like, oh, it's over already. Like I didn't get. Although it, it just was kind of, it was like somebody pulled the carpet out from under me. So that was the only thing that kind of sucked was I just was completely unprepared for the moment when it happened. You can't ever be prepared for that moment. No, yeah. true. So here's an Albert Pujols question that a friend of mine posed to me over the weekend. If there was never a Barry Bonds... If the home run record was Ruth at 714, Aaron at 755, do you think uh, Pujols would try and stay another year to get past Ruth? Huh. He might. He might, but I I feel like, I don't know. I I feel like, first of all, I feel like he still might. Um, Fair. (laughs) But yeah, no, I, I... I feel like he would if he thought he had a chance to top um, Aaron. I don't think he would do it just for second place, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Second place doesn't mean that much. I mean, he's he's already fourth all time. Yeah. And yeah. the the way that careers are going now, he may be fourth all time for a very long time. Boy, ain't that the truth. You know, so I don't know if he's going to feel the the pressure to get any higher than that. Well, I mean, who, also, but also would any team be willing to give him a shot at it? The only team probably that would, would be the Cardinals. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think like there's probably just enough um, value he can bring in basically his current role that they would do it if he was willing. But I also suspect that he would have, probably a relatively short leash for himself because I don't think he particularly wants to like embarrass himself off the, you know, out of right. Right. Do we think there's anybody three different teams gave Cano a chance this year. (laughs) (laughs) That is very true. Uh, Do we think that there is an active player who's going to hit 600 home runs again? Like who is, is there a player playing right now who will hit 600 home runs? Pete? (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Judge, yeah, Judge would probably be my best guess. Just maybe based... Otani. I could see Soto also, just because he's so young. Yeah, if yeah. his career got a little more power forward, I mean, because I mean, he is a he's a very good power hitter, but like, um, I don't think of him exactly as like a slugger type. But I think. Yeah, I would say because Soto is so young and I think he's got a profile that could add power even as he gets older now. Um, Yeah, I would say probably he would be my first guess. 
I think Soto I is Trout because he gets hurt way too much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that Soto definitely makes sense. I mean, Judge, it's interesting. So Judge is 30 and he has 217 home runs mm. so far. That's probably too old. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, he's yeah, he's old, but no. Um, wait, he, is he thirty? Am I reading this wrong? He's pretty close. If he's not actually, he is thirty. Like... He is thirty. Yes. Wow. Uh, but but just for context, like um, thirty-one-year-old Eugenio Suarez has more home runs than he does right now on a oh. career. You know, again, it's it's a longer career. It's a different situation, but you know the obviously. Besides Pujols right now, the next in line is Miguel Cabrera, who's also retiring this season, who has 506 home runs. And then Nelson Cruz, who's 41, has 459. But I don't know when we see a guy get to 600 again. You know, Stanton has 373. He's the next. uh, Trout has 346. But I just don't know if any of these guys play long enough. No, yeah, and like Trout that. and Stan can't stay healthy anyway. Right. I mean, I think at this point, you you kind of need two things, and one is that you need someone who is exceptionally good power hitter who starts young and plays long, and that there's just there's not a ton of those anymore. Right. Like you know, yeah, I mean, Pete Pete's a good power hitter, but also he's what twenty six, twenty seven. Like he's not a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, if he plays to forty, that would be absolutely incredible. And then probably even then, just barely enough to get towards that number. Right. Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy. Some of the players that have, like Salvador Perez, has more home runs than Judge does, which seems crazy to me because Salvador Perez is. never really had like a crazy breakout season. Um. But yeah, and we'll and I think just like I, I think it's easy to forget because of how quickly he became so good. I think it's easy to forget um, the judge was a late bloomer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of I mean, we're talking about judge now, the season he's having is is, I mean, almost oh, unprecedented. Yeah. He's 213 OPS plus. He is currently wor- worth, um, let's see, what is he worth? I saw something, I don't know if it's <laughs> yeah, If he's worth more war than the Oakland Athletics. Let's let's find that out right now. Oh, my Lord. Hang on. He's worth 9.6 B war right now. Okay. So, There's no way that's true. <laughs> uh, that would not entirely surprise me. Let's see. Uh, Do they add up war on baseball reference? Is there a total know. for war service? Let me look here. Uh, you guys talk while I do this. Okay. Judge is awesome. Uh, that's that's my that's my Yeah, no, Judge is pretty great. And I mean I think it's I think it's a long shot. I think he stays a Yankee, but oh boy. I was, I could, I was I take say, him do you on think this. he stays a Yankee? Yeah, I think he probably does. I think at the end or of the day. I think he's too mad that they lowballed him. And then leak their lowballing. But then if they, I think if they stop lowballing him, <laughs> that will be the real difference maker. But you know, that's that's just my gut feeling. But um, I mean, Steve Cohen's crazy enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steve, Steve Cohen's a wild man. I feel like we can't 
we can't guess what he's going to do in terms of this stuff, but that would be, I mean, it's, I had, I keep hearing that he really wants Soto, that that's the guy that he's going after. Yeah, but I feel like that ship has sailed, though, because the pirate, the Padres extended Soto, didn't they? Did they? Did they? I don't. I feel think like I, we're like we're just suddenly realizing, like, wait, did they not? I kind of thought they did, but now that you're saying it, I'm like, they didn't. Uh, no, yeah, he, no, he I'm doubting myself. No, he's not. I, I'm looking according to Baseball Reference. Uh-huh. He has not been sent by them. He's well, still afraid. I guess after the next expectation season. was that he probably would. Um, I think he wants the they money. They wouldn't have done it, but yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Hmm. I think I would rather Soto just because of his age. Yeah. Yes. No, for sure. If it's one or the other. But I would I will take either. Thank you very much. Well, but also the Mets have other issues that have to address. Nimmo's a free agent, Diaz is a free agent, Jake's opting out. For sure. They have to they have a lot to pick up, but I mean, with all due respect to Brandon Nimmo. If they had Juan Soto, I I would learn to live with that. Yes. I also think yes. that Cohen is going to spend... I, I think that Sandy Alderson uh, stepping down from team president role means that the uh, Cohen gloves are off. Yeah. And that we're yeah. going to get Cohen spending as much as he damn well pleases this offseason. I mean, look, if they named a tax after me, you know I'd be trying to hit it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be doing it out of spite. Yeah. yeah. No, what do they set the Cohen tax at? Two hundred ninety million. Yeah, two hundred ninety so. million and one. One. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, you really deterred me there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he he basically said there's no way he's letting Jake away if he can help it. Like he's. Gonna... I, I I know a lot of people are really scared about Jake opting out, but I really think that they have the money and. You know the the team is very promising and all of that stuff. I I would be so surprised if if Jake actually leaves. That just I think that would surprise yeah. in so many different ways. I think Cohen bringing in Scherzer, I think, might have helped Jake back onto the Mets because he did seem kind of disenfranchised with the team um, after last season. Um, and he, I think he made some comments to that effect, mm-hmm. but, um, so that if he had opted out after last season, I think it would have been more worrying. Um, but I mean, he didn't have the opt out, but if he did, it probably would have been, um, worse for the team after last season than it is for this season, because now he has Scherzer now Cohen's proof and he's willing to bring in, you know, the Martes, the Scherzers. Um, and build a team. And I really do think Jake wants to win. So, I And that's think... definitely something they can offer him. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's what I was going to say is that, you know, they, they basically did everything you could ask the team to do. They brought in help for him in the starting pitching. They brought in a, a top-notch manager to manage him. They made the playoffs in the first season with said manager. They're going to keep building this team around around DeGrom I you know I don't know what other team could offer him the combination of money support and probability of winning than the Mets can the only other team would be the Braves 
I would think, because that's close to home for him, too, and he grew up a Braves fan, so I could see him wanting to go there. I don't think the Braves have pockets that deep. Yeah. Well, at least they don't seem inclined to use them. I right. mean, I think, yeah, like... So how many cheap deals have they signed their stars to? Yeah, I mean, that is the thing, is if they feel like because they've saved so much on the young guys that they can splurge, but... I mean, it's po- like anything's possible. It just seems to me that, you know, this isn't this isn't the Mets of yore. And we don't have to worry about constantly being an embarrassment to Jake and everything he stands for. Right. Right. The thing with the <laughs> Braves, too, Freeman's is no longer there, too. And Jake was close with Freeman. I was so just going to say that. Yeah, I was gonna say, not only is Freeman not there, but they purposely chose to save some money by getting yeah. rid of Freeman. And I feel like that's not the type of thing you do if you're going to go all in on DeGrom. Or at least you should. Especially an older yeah. DeGrom, too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I just think that other teams are not going to have the risk-reward alignment in the right place that the Mets have right now because of the money that Cohen has. You could put a lot and, of money behind DeGrom, and he could wind up not throwing many innings for you. And I also think that, like, if, if DeGrom does leave after – Steve Cohen throws like an entire yacht at him, then um, God only knows how much money Steve Cohen would spend in response. I mean, <laughs> that is true. He could, he could <laughs> sign entire teams. Right. Can he do that? We don't know. Yeah, I, I just think that when you come up with an organization and you win Cy Young's with that organization and you go to the World Series with that organization and you, it, I just, I think it takes a lot to get somebody out of that to get somebody out of that situation, right? Like the, he's such a Met. I think it would take so much to get him away from there, and I just think that the Mets can offer him everything he wants and more. Yeah, and, and this is his last Met contract. Is no longer a pejorative. No, it's not. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's. I think that's the other. So he's sitting around like in the olden days, being like, "God, I'm such a Met." <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, I think that also helps. When you have Steve Cohen running the team like a fan, Jake is our generation Seaver. You can't let that repeat itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's and why also, I think you, either DeGrom comes back or Yowza. Yeah. Yeah. My last sort of thought on this is that because this is going to be DeGrom's last contract too, Cohen can offer him more years than anybody else could also. And that's going to matter right now to him. Yeah. So. Did you ever yeah, figure out if the judge has more war than the A's? <laughs> I, I, I did not know. Um, <laughs> to be continued, well, loyal listeners. Yeah. We'll just assume it's fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So somebody figured that out for us. Um, we will give yeah. you a shout out in the show. Yes, absolutely. On on both shows, we'll do that. We'll shout out on both Amazing Avenue Audio, the show, and a part of their own. This is we'll a one-time no offer. Folks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other judge thoughts before we move on? Um, are we going to talk about the MVP race? Go ahead. Um, I am going to uh, go with what Ruth said on Twitter today. And I think they should both win. If there was ever a great opportunity for a well-deserved tie, this is it. My, I mean, like I, two incredible historical unique seasons. Just do it. Just do it, you cowards. 
that. And there's no rules saying they can't do it. I mean, there have been co-MVPs before. Keith Hernandez is an example of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the, like, I don't know the logistics for how that would happen under the current system, but I think it should. I think it would just have to be essentially a straight tie between the two. Yeah. The two vote getters. And you can't really rig that, I suppose. So I think this statistically it's not optimal. Yeah. Um, Linda, do you have a strong opinion on one? If you had to pick one or the other, do you have a strong opinion on them? I, it's so hard because I feel like Otani's so unique. It's hard to to bet against that. But I also feel like people he's kind of he's kind of defeated by his own greatness now. Like you kind of take it for granted that this is just who he is and this is what he does. Like like Jake, like we go out there and we expect him to give up one run, and when he gives up three, it's like ah. Um, so you just kind of take it for granted now. So then when you have a player like judge come in and, you know, kind of steal that spotlight away, I feel like it's just easier to get caught up in that than just appreciating how unique Otani is on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I kind of feel like that's why I really would want both of them to be acknowledged and honored because because it's all incredible like it's just absolutely like two of the most fun and weird and awesome seasons ever and like why can't we i want both damn it yeah can you give otani the Cy young <laughs> and then give judge the mvp <laughs> So a compelling argument that I heard was that we are seeing Otani performing at a level that seems sustainable for him, whereas this seems like maybe Judge's best season and this will be the capstone on his career. And so he's playing for a contract. Yeah. So you reward the guy who's doing something outside of their normal behavior. I don't know if I exactly buy that or not, but it was an interesting approach I heard. Well, and then, know. of course, you're going to get the people that say you can't give it to Otani because they didn't make playoffs. I we mean, I think we could decide amongst ourselves that that's a really dumb argument and we can dismiss yeah. it out of hand because it's yes. our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying that's out here. <laughs> no, I, I I, can. I agree with that. I mean, I get that. I think, um, you know, for me, I would say the way Otani looks and yeah, in terms of like sustainability, I sort of feel like if we set this kind of thing as the, you know, as, as the bar for him, then he's going to win it forever. And, and, you know, maybe he should, like, maybe that's, maybe that's just fine. But I also, you know, because there can't ever be anything like Shohei Otani um, again. I mean, someday maybe there will. But oh, like, oh, oh, oh! What do Pete we got? Dinger, three run dinger, four three. Yay! Oh, Hooray, dingers! Yay, um, dingers! That was but yeah. A so, bomb. so I think like maybe it would be one of those things where I'm like, well, we can give it to him next year. But I don't know. I also just want them to tie now. That's the only thing I want. Yeah, I, I that also, is the only outcome I will be happy with. Although I somewhat advocated for it, the idea of next year bothers me as well because you never yeah. know what's going to happen. No, no, of course not. Yeah, that is the problem with that idea. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, 
it's just Otani's doing something that nobody in the sport is doing. And that to me is just hard to argue against. Like I get, okay, not everybody's hitting 61 home runs too. I get that. But I don't know. Otani's in a league of his own. Yeah. It, it, see, it seems to me like if this, if, if he breaks the record for American League home runs and comes close to winning a triple crown, that's the, that's the best offensive season from a, an American League player since Ted Williams, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't mean, know how – it just seems very strange to not give that guy the MVP. Not that I'm advocating like, for it, but you, know, you understand what I'm saying. If it was a typical amazing season – it would be an easy win for Otani for me because again, like what he's doing, like nobody can do that, but also nobody can actually do what Aaron judge is doing either. Right. Yeah. Like that's give it to the boat. I'm so mad about this. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just, I mean, I think that's, that's what is so amazing about what judge has about what judge has done is that there is this thing that is so unique and untouchable about Otani and like judge is kind of doing something just as rare and just as difficult, but in a very different way. Yeah. Look, we're 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 living through an embarrassment of riches, right? We're we're yeah. getting we're getting amazing performances at the same time. Things that people didn't see for their entire baseball lives. We are getting in one season, so let's enjoy it. Yeah, agreed. But people aren't. They're just getting mad over the MVP argument. Well, people be so mad about this. Oh, yeah. Man. Imagine being Ooh. mad that either of these guys win the MVP. Yeah, you, I don't, that's what it comes down to is I don't think there's a wrong answer. Yeah, no, I would agree. Yeah. Well, we're going to end the show uh, doing the, the endings of both of our shows. So we're going to start with uh, the Amazing Avenue audio music pick. So I have a music pick ready to go. If anyone else needs a minute to uh, to sort of, you know, brainstorm one. But uh Everybody have their have a, a an album or a song they want to recommend? I do. Go ahead then, Maggie. Okay. Um, I usually trend extremely basic with my music, but um, uh, Spotify hit on some like random Irish um, electronica duo of an album from like seven years ago, um, and the band is called Young Wonder. And the whole album is good. It's called Birth. But the one to you is like a song that I've now listened to about a thousand times in the last couple weeks. Um, and it's just it's really beautiful and a little bit weird um, and just very like, I don't know, it's it's like a fill you with joy kind of song. And it's but it's also like just not like most of other things that I've heard. So, yeah, Young Wonder. Um, they recorded like one album and that was it. So if you like it, like too bad. Um, <laughs> but but it's, yeah, it's been it, it's been kind of on repeat around here for a while. Linda, do you have a music pick? Um, can I pick the Spice Girls because it made me happy? Yes, you can. <laughs> Absolutely. Which which Spice Girls album you want to recommend? I think Spice Up Your Life is very underrated because it came on my Spotify and everybody loves Wannabe and Say You'll Be There. Like those are their more famous ones. But Spice Up Your Life just makes me so happy. Like I was driving out from work and it came on and I was like, oh, you know what? 
this is a really good song. And then Womanizer by Britney Spears came on right after it. And I was just in all my 90s girl glory. I'll also um, say on the same album from Spice World is Stop. And that is yeah, a, oh my God, yes. uh, such a good bop. It is. Oh my God. I totally forgot about stop. I got to put that on my How do you forget about stop? Come on, Linda. I know. Oh my God. My kids refer to it as family dance party song. (laughs) (laughs) We have a number of those in our house. Go back to wannabe. I know it was only for the women's day, but I think all of the, all of the players should go back to their women's day songs uh Khalees for Vogelback uh Man I Feel Like a Woman for Nemo come on those are those are the those are some really good choices there and as somebody on Twitter pointed out that Nemo understood the assignment because since he was the first one who came up at that the very first thing you hear is let's go girls and that's perfect set the tone man yeah like I would just like to take a moment to music wise especially um Nimmo's getting a little spicy. He was coming up to bat. I noticed on Sunday to like lots of Spanish songs. He dropped a hell yeah in the dugout a couple weeks ago. My oh. goodness, Brandon Nimmo. Who's he been hanging out with? I know. An entire community in the North Midwest is shaking their head at Brandon Nimmo right now. They're like Just... clutching their pearls. Exactly. <laughs> yes. They are 100% clutching their pearls right now. Uh, I am going to go with an album by an artist called Tony Molina. I don't know how I discovered him a couple of years ago, but I did. And he has become one of my favorite and most consistent artists that I listen to. His new record is called In the Fade. All the songs sound like they could be uh, like either Beatles or Weezer songs, but they're like 90 seconds long. They're super, super short. And they get stuck in your head and they're wonderful little catchy songs. So I want to say the whole album is something like 17 minutes long, which is, it you is know, eight minutes, 18 minutes and 28 seconds. So, oh, wow. Close. Way to look it up. Yeah. So, like, you know, eight, you get you get 14 songs in 18 minutes. What's not to love about that? And they're really catchy and they're fun. And uh, it's just really good, like, uh, you know late summer early autumn taking the dog for a walk listening to music that you can bop along to nothing wrong with that at all so yeah that's my pick tony molina's in the fade and now it's time for walk off wins so ladies take us away i mean i don't know how i could have any other walk off win besides dollars for dingers every part of it was wonderful i also like i actually i was sitting with an old friend of mine who i haven't seen in years like when i saw him last i only had one child um, wow. so I got to like hang with him and catch up for a while. They got the foam narco trumpets back in stock at the store. So I got to surprise my kids with the foam trumpets they wanted forever. It, we raised so much money. It was so good. Everyone was so happy and friendly. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's my walk off win. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's like not the most exciting and interesting array of walk-off wins tonight but for a good reason i was gonna say no it was such a good night like i I look forward to it every year and it was just so nice to like just to see how giving everybody was and um and you know and then like people came up to us and like thanked us for you know doing it and you know which you know 
made me feel good too. And, you know, seeing people get excited when they won and like I said, just, you know, meeting new people and, you know, and everybody was, like we said, was so nice and it was fun to chat with people. And, um, and yeah, the Ebb staff couldn't have been more accommodating. Oh, they were wonderful. Yeah, they they were awesome. And Ebb's was, you know, the food was good. The drinks were good. Uh, the game was good. And I got the security guard walking into the stadium, loved my ice cream helmet shirt. He gave me multiple comments on it. <laughs> um, and I was like, I got it at the stadium. He's like, really? I've never seen that. I love that shirt. <laughs> so I made a good choice in my, in my, you know, uh, my outfit. I got an awesome new hoodie courtesy of Maggie. Yay. <laughs> and it kept me warm. Um, it is very yeah, so the warm. Weather was, yeah. The weather was perfect. Like was. everything just came together. It was great. It was a great game. Um, yeah. And it was great to see, see all the, you know, like I hadn't seen Kellyanne a while. I hadn't seen Allison in a while. Like we podcast. I hadn't seen you in a while. Both of you in a while. Like the last time we all got together was back in April. Um, was that April? Went to the game together? I think so. Yeah. It was for my birthday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. End of April, but still. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So yeah. So it was just it was just a really really good night, and um, yeah, we got a dinger from Escobar, which was always good. And so yeah, it was like it just it couldn't have gone it couldn't have gone better. Yeah, I'm not gonna have anything better to say than dollars for dingers. Um, I think I can speak for a number of us that say that last week was a week, and so to have that as the sort of capper at the end of that week was a really really lovely thing. Hard same. Yeah, uh, you know, just seeing friends, both you know, podcast friends and. And other friends come out for it. You know, our, our friend Kate was there. Uh, my friend Anthony was there. Just people who I really love and care about were there. And and it's great to spend time with people who bring you joy because so much of our lives are spent uh, with folks we don't get to choose. So just to have your chosen family around, especially after a, a really rough couple of weeks in, in a few of our lives, you know, um, it's just a good thing. And, and, you know, to see Allison off before her surgery, and all of this it was just it was such a lovely lovely night and like you said the weather was great the baseball was great people were great the fundraiser was great there there's nothing not to love about dollars for dingers i got one of those amazing chicken sandwiches on the biscuit that's not really a biscuit but that's okay and uh, <laughs> oh yeah right giant you know, pile of delicious yes mm. so er everything went as it should for dollars for dingers and we should be so lucky that everything goes the way it should for anything in life so let's let's celebrate dollars for dingers a little bit more Here's to that. Well, uh, thank you for listening to this uh, this combo podcast. Ladies, where can folks find you on Twitter? At Maggie162. At Linda Servich. I am at Brian Needs a Nap. You can find Amazing Avenue on, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. Also, of course, AmazingAvenue.com. Go pledge for Dollars for Dingers. It is still pinned on AmazingAvenue.com, and it will remain pinned there till the end of the month. Go donate, please. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you get podcasts. And uh, remember, until next time, let's go Mets, and there's no crying in podcasting.